a best friend, a close friend. Oh yeah, oh yeah. One of my one of my best friends. Yeah, we stopped talking like three years ago, and it still it still kind of hurts a little bit. But I mean, I got I got good friends that are still around, obviously, and uh, it's me. Super grateful for that. <laughs> it's you. Surprise. <laughs> Well, I don't love that you lost your friend three years ago, but I love that, you know, we got each other. <laughs> exactly. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want to acknowledge the fact that 2020 has been such a difficult and distressing time for everyone. We've all gone through so much this year, whether it was watching all of the politics go on or even just being aware of the fact that there's a global fucking pandemic of a flu going around it's scary you never know like if you're coughing do i have it if i have the flu do i have it like and then if you get a test it can also come out false you can get a false result so it's scary Mm -hmm. it adds extra pressure onto things i think it's been a shit storm of a year to say the least absolutely but you know (laughs) some people like that so (laughs) You never know. <laughs> Some people like that. Um, so happy New Year, Ho. Okay. <laughs> happy New Year. Happy. I know that we usually yeah. I know that we usually drink two bottles of champagne to ourselves, plus multiple other drinks that probably aren't champagne and we stay drunk for 24 hours possibly more than 24 hours but this year we did the same thing we just did it alone okay we did it alone without anyone around but we still got just as drunk and i think that that is beautiful we're our own best company Mm-hmm. <laughs> like i said it was the ho 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 that was missing but it's 2021. We're not looking to mess around with fuck boys, okay? So, if you can't make a life out of a motherfucking ho, 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 well then welcome to 2021. To everyone who got engaged, it was a lot of my friends. All my friends are getting engaged right now. Oh, yeah. Are your friends getting engaged? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. On the 20, I think it was the 25th and the 26th, I think I saw, like, four different people who got engaged. I was shook. I know. And on New Year's Eve, there's so many engagements this year. Also, I'm really happy for them. But, like, maybe we can hold off on the engagements while everyone else is fucking depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Like, super happy for you, boo, but the world's still on fire. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that meme with the little dog in the fire, and he's like, it's fine. This This is fine. fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we got to stick together. Mm -hmm. And um, if you want to successfully avoid yet another toxic relationship that you absolutely know you're getting into, then you can't let the Christmas and New Year nostalgia push you over the fucking edge into texting your ex. Don't do it. I know we're at year two, but none of us can fucking text our exes, okay? We're cutting that shit out. But let me tell you something. I don't know if you've noticed this, Mew, but every single Christian holiday, the exes pop up. I can't say I've ever noticed that because I'm in a long-term relationship and don't really have exes except for like a that's few a lie. Of, like 
long time ago. Long, you, long time ago. You have ago. an ex. Does he ever pop up? No. Why? No. Is he dead? <laughs> Is he dead? Um, I don't think so. I hope not. That would suck. <laughs> but, um, well, then you are our poster child. I thank you. Yes. I just, I don't know. I ain't nothing special, I guess. <laughs> No, to be honest, um, you're less of a hoe than me, <laughs> so that's probably why my exes pop up more than yours. I mean, you're right. You're right, girl. I know I'm right. <laughs> yes. Christian holidays. Every Christian holiday, my exes, they pop up. All of them. They send a message, and it's not just a message being like, Happy Christmas, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. But it's like a lead-in, you know? They're like trying to slip in there. They're thinking about how they're alone, you're alone, and they're wondering if something can happen. And by something, I mean sex. Ex <laughs> motherfucking sex. <laughs> it's good until it isn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, the only time I've ever tried to have sex with an ex, I got rejected. <laughs> so, oh no! I ain't never doing that shit again. Um, <laughs> not worth it. No, 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 not worth it at all. I remember we were driving in a car, and I was literally just the entire time trying to seduce him, and he was very confused because I hadn't talked to him in literal years. <laughs> oh I just God. out of nowhere hit him up and then tried to have sex with him, and he was like, what? But then he was like, I don't want to sleep with you unless it means something. What? Yeah. Yeah, bitch! Me too! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, we're exes for a reason, my man, and it's not because you want something with me, okay? It's because we weren't good together. <laughs> like, but, um, then I started crying because I'm a sensitive bitch, but I knew, kind of, that it was a, a shot in the dark. I did it anyways, like the fucking masochist I am. And got rejected. So this year, when my ex hit me up, not the same one, a different ex, I didn't fall for it. I'm really proud of myself. So proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. You'll never believe who the ex was. Who was it? It was the Australian guy I used to see. Oh, interesting. Boy. Yeah. Wow. He is not even in Canada right now, and he still hit me up. Um, I talked on a previous episode about him and how I experienced sub-drop with him. Mm. And he was a fuckboy then. He admitted it now. And now he says he's not a fuckboy. He's changed. Mm. Can it be true? Do you think it can be true that a fuckboy can change? Or is it once a fuckboy, always a fuckboy? You know, I feel I'm a huge believer in that I think everybody can change. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think that people can change. I don't know if a self-proclaimed person can change like that. Like, if they're saying that they change, you know, like you kind of have to see it for your own eyes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if it's a toxic trait that's so ingrained in someone, it's going to take a lot. Exactly. It's like, do you think that people can change from cheating? Like, once a cheater, always a cheater. Do you think that that's true? That's a good question. I, I think it depends. I really do. I think it depends on how it affected them. And if, you know, you allow the behavior to keep going, if you forgive the behavior, you know? 
I'm not saying that, like, if this person cheated on person A, and then they break up, and then the cheater gets in a relationship with person B, I'm not saying that they're gonna cheat on that person. But if person A stayed in that relationship and was like, well, don't do it again, then I right. think the likelihood is that it's probably gonna happen again. Right, absolutely. I think it's, like, when you're showing them what your boundaries are, almost. Exactly. Because you treat yourself a certain way and other people see that and that, then that's how they treat you. I totally think that's true. Because, yeah, if you're not setting right. those boundaries, then they know that they can walk all over them. Exactly. Yeah. So he might have changed. Who knows? Turns out he told me that on the night that I had to literally yell at him to get out of the house or the apartment or whatever the fuck I was living in, the space for like 20 minutes I just yelled over and over get out of my place and he wouldn't do it but he he uh he told me that he was actually very high on a lot of different pills and very drunk oh good yep. yes oh good <laughs> good great so that, that explains fun. a lot mm -hmm. that does really really truly explains yeah. a lot and you, you can bet that your girl called him out on not leaving my apartment <laughs> he's like I don't remember that night at all. So glad we can forget about it. Like, bitch, I have the memory of an elephant. I couldn't forget that shit if I fucking tried. <laughs> and, like, just because like, you were high on pills and forgot that that happened doesn't mean that I was, like... Right? So it only makes one of us, not two. Exactly. He segued the conversation from that into wanting to teach me to surf. Okay. I'm not sure why. He brought it up, but I'm not really a surfing kind of bitch. No. Like, yeah. I tried to surf once when I was younger, and I almost fucking demolished my brother in the process. Oh my god. Hey, <laughs> uh, you can't really trust me with surfboards. That's not, it's not a thing. Um, there's also jellyfish and sharks. Oh god, the jellyfish. <laughs> oh god. Oh no, god, the jellyfish. <laughs> zombies and i think that jellyfish are zombies and i'm fucking terrified of them oh they never die and they have no clue what they're doing when they're doing it zombie fair fair point fair point plus i watched a documentary when i was 12 that really fucking freaked me out about jellyfish and i just want to know like why did my parents let me watch that as if it's like a horror movie like <laughs> should have shut it the fuck up. <laughs> it was a horror film. Oh my god, what about it was so scary? Fucking terrifying little fucking creatures. Little zombies. Like, I learned about at least 20 different kinds of zombie jellyfish, and one of them is like the size of your pinky nail, and if it stings you once, you don't feel it, and then you die. And you they just, come in like dead. horns of thousands and thousands, because they're so small. Oh my god. Okay, that's pretty scary. Yeah. That's pretty scary. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. You will never catch me by a jellyfish. You'll never catch me by the aquarium that's filled with jellyfish. Every time I see someone posting that shit online, I skip right over it because it's terrifying. You're literally <laughs> taking a photo in front of a massive horde of zombies that could kill you. <laughs> like, there's that. And also the fact that I live in Canada and the water here is fucking cold. 
true. True that. It's not warm at all. Just because I live in the north doesn't mean that I like it. I'd much rather live in Fiji. Naturally. Where would you rather live? Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world? Oh my god. I don't know if I'd want to leave Canada, necessarily. I feel generally pretty safe here, plus we don't have massive motherfucking spiders. Oh my god. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. I would go to the yeah. West Coast, for sure. The West Coast? In Canada. Yeah. Oh yeah, that great Northwest Pacific. Yeah. It is very beautiful, but still cold. But still cold. Still cold, but not as cold as Midwest <laughs> Canada. Yeah, still not as cold as that, for sure. Yeah. Fucking minus 30 hurts your face and your lungs. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't want to live where the air hurts my face anymore. I don't like that either. Exactly. <laughs> the only Actually, one of them think well, about it. What's that? Huh? Oh, what did you say? <laughs> I was gonna say? I was gonna say one of the. I mean, obviously, there's so many good things about masks, right? But one of the one of the added bonuses is that now that it's winter time and I have to wear a mask, it is so nice and warm on my face. <laughs> oh my god, I know it's actually the best. I feel as though I'm gonna make it a thing for every winter, even if there's no global pandemic. Honestly, I I would be I would be inclined to be the same because it is. It's really nice. It keeps my face warm, and I like it. So, <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> and I like it. Word. Yeah, I mean, I'm a masochist. I don't know. Do you have masochistic tendencies? Do you think? I think a few. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like full blown like pile drive me into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, yeah, tendencies for sure. <laughs> yeah. on their heads. <laughs> Yo! Can you imagine if someone like that was their fetish? They're like, <laughs> they like to be dropped on their head, but specifically with that wrestling move. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, you know what? It's out there for someone. There's always something out there for everyone, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, people... People like some pretty wild things out there. That's for oh, sure. yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, speaking of Max... Wow. What did I even just say? Um, Max. Speaking Max. about masochism... <laughs> I think I said the word Max. M Maxicism. <laughs> when you only want to be hurt by Maxes. <laughs> Maxicism. <laughs> the person who has a fetish for Maxes is a masochist. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. What does the word masochism mean to you? I guess masochism to me would just be, uh, you know something's gonna hurt you, but you do it anyway. And I think everybody has, like, different reasons for that. Whether it be, I want to see how far my body can go, or I genuinely enjoy the feeling, or, you know, anything right. like that. I think there's lots of reasons for it, but I think in general, it's just, you know, you do the thing, even though you know it's going to cause you pain. Right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I would agree, I would agree. However, let's talk about what masochism includes, okay? Because if you take it down to the very most basic level... 
is about pain and the endorphin that comes from pain and mm -hmm. how your body receives that. So like, it could literally, on the minimum side of the spectrum, be like pulling someone's hair a little bit, like yeah. biting their lip. Like that, if you like that, it's still pain. Right. So it counts as masochism. So, but, you know, we're all masochists, is what I'm saying. Truly. And then there are the more extreme sides of masochism, like hooks and suspension and edge play things like needle play and knife play and blood play and those kinds of things. I've been trying to figure out whether I would ever do that. Yeah. The more extreme sides. I think I could do everything except for things that, like, actually pierce my skin. Right. But I don't know. I might be able to. Do you think that, like, what, how far do you think that you can go on the spectrum as far as activities that would be considered masochistic, like, sexually? Probably not far, because I'm a nervous being. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm delicate, okay? Like but, um, I'm delicate. Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought about that, too. But, I mean... I think a good slap in the face is always a good time, but I think that's probably as far as I'd go. You know, I like when there's, like, bruises or marks left at the end, but not, like... I think, like, it would be super scary to bring sharp objects into that into that field, but that's just me. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever seen the little... I can't remember what it's called. I want to say a wart wheel, but I know that that's not the fucking name A wart wheel? the W, but it's those little tiny like pinwheels on a stick and they're sharp and spiky and you can run them over someone's skin and they feel like little pinpricks. Have you ever seen that? I feel like I know what you're talking about. They almost look like like spurs on boots, on cowboy boots. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, think you could do that? Like I have break your skin. This is like the first I've heard of this in any sort of sexual scenario, but... <laughs> Maybe. I mean, probably. I feel like that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, I've gotten piercings and tattoos, and I feel like I feel like there would almost be like a tattoo feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously, nothing can yeah. compare to that, but yeah. Yeah, everything's its own unique feeling, but yeah, it might be similar mm -hmm. to getting a tattoo. Yeah, because it's but all those tiny little pokies. Pinpricks? Except I don't, I don't think that it would hurt as much as a tattoo even, because it doesn't break your skin. No. No, I don't think so. It would be an interesting feeling. I would maybe try it once. I'm kind of down to try yeah. almost anything. Try anything once, twice if we like it. Exactly. <laughs> I think, like, how do, how do you find, I think the question is, how do you find out what your, like, pain tolerance level is without pushing it too far? I think you'd go in, like, small increments, you know? Like, if, let's say someone, yeah. let's say someone is new to spanking, okay? Like, this is a great example. Let's say someone's new to spanking. They start, obviously, with, I would say, probably a hand would be your best option to start with, instead of, like, a paddle or something. So, you'd start with a hand, and then the person, the dom or whatever, would probably, would start with, like, light taps, right? And then... Right go a little bit harder and just kind of control how like the increments in which it's like the intensity is increasing and then you know eventually then you can you can go into like paddles and stuff like that and belts and canes and and then once you hit that point then you're like hey this is where I'm fine and uh I don't think it goes I think yeah small increments small increments don't go too hard too fast don't start with a cane for the love of god <laughs> 
real hot. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. I think, too, safe words are meant to be used for that purpose. Oh, that's why I absolutely. Like, yeah, that's why I kind of like the light system, the, like, green, yellow, red. Because mm-hmm. if you're doing something that you're uncomfortable with, partner can check in with you, and you can kind of let them know when it's starting to get too much by being, like, oh, yellow, you know? And then you can absolutely adjust things according to like what's a little bit too much for you or what you're thinking about that's making it not as pleasurable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Safe words are so incredibly important. And like if there are any baby subs out there who are like learning and just getting into this sort of stuff, for the love of God, if you meet a dom and they tell you that you don't need a safe word, run so fucking far away from them and never look back. Oh yeah, like immediately run and then mm-hmm. block them on everything. Like seriously, and then warn other people that are in the community of those that person because like that's never okay. Like yeah. even if you're not doing like a crazy huge scene or anything like that, like even if you're just even having like normal sex, like a safe word is like so incredibly important to have. Yeah, because it helps communicate consent. Exactly, like, and that's so at. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. You know, we love um, that safe, sane, consensual sex. Safe, <laughs> sane, consensual. <laughs> safe, sane, consensual, or rack is the other one. Oh, yeah. Rack, rack, rack. What does it, I can't remember what it means. I never used that one. I've never used that one either. I think that one, I don't know if that one's like new to the community or if it's just like lesser known. I'm going to look it up so I can say what it is. You should. <laughs> I think it's risk-free something. R-A-C-K. Okay. I, I was kind of right. Risk-aware consensual kink. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is also important. I think they're kind of, they seem like two different things to me, to be honest. I feel like safe, sane, and consensual describes being careful and risk-aware, what is it, consensual kink, is Mm -hmm. like you're prepared more, almost like being prepared. Right. What do you think? Yeah, I would be inclined to agree with that. I think safe, sane, and consensual can apply to and should apply to everything, obviously. But Mm -hmm. rack is definitely more, yeah, like specific to like... You should always know that even if you are in a safe, sane, and consensual relationship, risks can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I it's possible because everyone's got their own traumas and their own shit going on in their head and thoughts, and you never know when something's going to come up. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you can kind of <laughs> take the definition of masochism and apply it to every damn aspect of your fucking life. 100%. Emotional. <laughs> Physical, mental masochism, all of the above. (laughs) In fact, I would say that getting back together with your toxic ex is masochistic. I would also say that forgiving and then forgetting things, toxic situations, toxic ex-best friends, that is masochistic emotionally. Emotional masochism. Emotional. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, pain mm-hmm. is your nervous system saying something is wrong. So when you add in consent, 
it can change your body's negative messages into feelings of like euphoric relief, which is interesting. And I think that that's why some people can work through traumas and stuff with um, BDSM and, and sadomasochism play when it's safe. For example, I hated my arms being touched and like specifically my upper arms and I hated being spanked and now I love being spanked <laughs> but that's because I like worked my way up to it and the pain with consent actually helped me to rewire how my brain perceived being spanked into a pleasurable thing rather than something that was going to end with me feeling negative absolutely I think kink in a lot of ways is actually even like a really good, um, like it can help people process trauma and things like that. And it's a huge, like it's, it can be used as like a therapy tool almost to like work through those feelings and to heal. Definitely. I agree. My first masochistic experience sexually was with my first boyfriend when we were having rough sex because he really liked rough sex to the point where we would be having sex for like two and a half hours oh my god like i shit you not i used to tell people that and they they wouldn't believe me but i'm not kidding like i don't know if this man was hyped up on pre-workout every single time we had sex or what <laughs> but like it would go on, and it and the whole time it was like rough and hard. There was never really any like slow sensual part to it, and there was a lot of like hair pulling and scratching to leave like literally draw blood out of the back, and um, like spanking really hard orgasm control, all of that stuff. I just didn't really know what to call it, but. That was kind of what led me into it. I think because I lost my virginity to him, that became like what normal sex was for me. Yeah. So I think it kind of played a role in the type of sex I like, which in it involves like rough sex and pain, you know? Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And although my first... <laughs> Uh, sexual experience masochistically was that I also had a non-sexual masochistic experience and it was being born <laughs> I came out the womb <laughs> like send me back in um, I literally get me back <laughs> um I, when I was born, I had a knot in my umbilical cord, so I literally was asphyxiating myself as I was being born. I could have been born with a um, disability, but I wasn't. Instead, I was born with masochistic fucking tendencies. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I remember my mom telling me that and being like, it makes 
so much sense. And you know what? I don't know if this was because I had eczema or if it was because I was born into masochism, but my little fingernails were scratching the shit out of my skin the entire time I was a newborn. <laughs> I'll just say it's both. <laughs> it's both. Um, so it was either that or when I was in the spirit realm planning my own life. I don't know who else would do this to me. What the fuck is this shit? I don't know. But I'm a hashtag masochist. <laughs> what do you think? of masochism just in general right now right after this second i mean i think masochism is like i don't know i mean it's i don't think it's an unhealthy thing i don't i think it, i think it can be unhealthy if you For know sure. you're pushing your body too far or, or like i mean only you know your own limits but at some point your body like you i also think that your mind and your body have different limits and they might not agree on what those limits are. And right. I mean, masochism in and of itself is so fun. <laughs> it sucks sometimes, <laughs> but shit's fun. <laughs> so, I mean, at least it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it kind of spices things up. But I, I agree that your body and your mind can have different, like, limit levels. And that sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't match up. Yeah, and like that could get, Word. you know, dangerous in a sense, but... Again, as long as it's uh, consensual, then nobody's yeah, nobody can stop Santa you. Consensual. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to segue into something else. And you were witness to this event. Mm -hmm. The Hellapalooza week. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Hellapalooza. I don't oh know gosh. the name of the. Uh, music festival that my friend was at, so I renamed it Hellapalooza. Uh, the company can email me or DM me on Instagram. It's mysterymasochist.podcast if you want to rename your festival. I now own Hellapalooza weekend. Copyrighted bitch. Bitch. <laughs> Do you remember that weekend? I do. I remember some of it. I feel like it was so long ago already. It was. But it was also, literally years ago. It was so long ago. Um, but I do. I do remember a little bit. Yeah, I remember we were all sitting at the dinner table at my parents' house, and you were there. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, like, before that, I think I actually talked to you to see, like, is the message that I was going to send frat boy, like, mm -hmm. appropriate or not? And I had yeah. finally decided to send it. And then fucking sorority mm -hmm. bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Sorority girl. She <laughs> texts me. <laughs> and um, is really upset. And she texted me when we were eating dinner. Yeah. And then <laughs> called me. She called me from the States, by the way. Yeah. And... That bitch she has long distance day. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like she really felt that strong about it that she had to use her long distance minutes to tell me Seriously. that I had fucked up. Um, yeah. But she told me I was shady as fuck for 
sending a message to the guy I had been seeing before she slept with him. And then she was yelling at me on the phone. And I just remember crying and being like, please, I don't, I never meant to hurt you. Oh my God, that sounds such like a cliche. I never meant to hurt you. <laughs> I never meant to hurt you, please. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Well, I didn't, you know, but she was yelling at me for literally following my own heart because it was inconvenient for her to figure out her own. And savagely not caring how what she did would hurt me. So it kind of ended up in this situation, I feel, where it was like, I recognized that I had kind of fucked up and I apologized for it, but she never recognized it. She kind of thought that she hadn't done anything wrong, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, she was at the fucking Hellapalooza weekend festival with another guy who she had previously told me that I should go for. And then they basically had a weekend of fucking. And in the middle of that, she's like in the back seat of her car. She's like, hold up. I gotta call this bitch and let her know. <laughs> because she just wants to have them all you know it's like pokemon gotta catch them all <laughs> gotta catch them all yeah she was catching a few and all of them were men that were in my romantic life <laughs> yep yeah after that whole situation i remember a co-worker at the time telling me that she was a toxic friend and that if I didn't leave the friendship then or distance myself from it, that her type of personality was bound to keep showing it in different way. And holy fucking hell deviance. She was fucking <laughs> right. Like, oh, it went on. There was another event that happened when we were friends and she basically i don't know i don't remember if i've talked about this already but she basically told myself and everyone while she was intoxicated that frat boy tried to push her down the stairs like the good fucking friend i am i texted him and said don't fucking come back here unless you apologize you're not allowed even in the building i will literally call the cops on you Mm -hmm. which then proceeded into another situation where i ended up apologizing to her and she again didn't acknowledge doing anything that could have affected me yeah And so I feel like kind of a stupid bitch for not recognizing it. And I'll admit that I was kind of embarrassed when our friendship ended. But I recognize now that there were some extremely toxic situations going on. And some of them were definitely edging on narcissistic abuse emotionally. Um, It's really hard to see those things before you end a relationship or a friendship yeah but holy fuck like looking back i just realized how much i put out and was vulnerable in the friendship that wasn't reciprocated and how much support i gave that wasn't reciprocated either but was claimed to be reciprocated yeah so let's talk about how sorority girl and i fucking ended our friendship oh boy As an emotional masochist, I now understand why I was attracted to that friendship. 
there were signs to me that were toxic and signs to me that were masochistic. And we tend to relive our trauma over and over until we learn how to deal with it and we recreate it in other relationships in our life from our childhood relationships. And so that's something I'm trying to work on now is my emotional masochism because physical masochism is really fun. But when you keep doing shit that self-sabotages your life, that shit is not actually fun. It can be funny and you got to laugh through it, but sometimes it's just too much and you got to tone it down. Tone that shit down. You know? Tone it down. <laughs> but that leads us to the New Year's Eve. From motherfucking hell. <laughs> you were here at home. Mm-hmm. And I was going on my first big Europe trip with a friend I consider to be one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that feel for you watching all of it go down? Um, I mean, I was so excited for you. I remember you were here and we visited the, like the day or so before you left and right, you yeah. were still sick or you were just getting over being sick. And I was worried for you, obviously, because you were flying overseas, and I was, like, concerned that, like, you know, because flying, everybody gets sick when they fly, (laughs) even if it's just a little bit, so I was a little bit concerned for you, but I was excited for you, too, because I know how excited and, like, how much you planned for this and how much money you put into it, and um, then when I saw your Instagram story that you were in the hospital on New Year's, I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) It's like what the shit and so then I remember texting you and I was like and you told me a little bit because you were still sick and I was like bitch what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm like ready to like fly out there oh my gosh I love you um (laughs) yeah I I remember posting that Instagram post and being like I need something to cheer myself up and it's gonna be sympathy from all of the internet friends I have (laughs) <laughs> I require and sympathy now. <laughs> I literally, all I could manage, it was such a stupid angle. It was like so low down from my face. Yeah. All I could manage was like holding the phone up with my wrist and then clicking the button. Yeah. And like I couldn't lift my arm up to properly do anything with my phone. No. And the nurse was helping me with my phone, like messaging people it was crazy I, I was like so weak I couldn't move I couldn't lift things up at the end of that night like people were messaging me sorority girl tried to video message me via her friend on Instagram and like I was asleep first of all when that happened but there were other people that video messaged me but at that point I literally didn't have a voice I was so yeah. sick that I lost my voice because I was puking so much I could like not stop throwing up I could not stop going to the washroom and it dehydrated me so much I think that I just, my vocal cords were just completely dried out is what it felt like yeah yeah so deviants this is what the fuck happened I got very sick with the flu last January and at the time no one knew about coronavirus I don't know if this was COVID I really don't know they diagnosed it but afterwards the um nurse told me that when they give you a diagnosis right when they're discharging you which is what happened it's usually because they just slapped a label on it because they don't want to write i don't know in the reason why that you're sick because that looks bad <laughs> yeah 
I'm not sure if that's what it was, but regardless, it was an extremely intense flu virus. And they didn't know the whole time what it was. They, I kept getting different diagnoses. At first, they thought I had a kidney infection. Then they thought I had a lung infection. Then they thought I had a chest infection. I don't know what the difference between that and a lung infection is, but <laughs> that. Then they thought I had some kind of gastrointestinal virus. Then they literally didn't know what it was. So I ended up being sent to like a private ward room and I was in London at the time and I thought that I had travel insurance, but I actually fucking didn't. So bitches, <laughs> deviants, please fucking get travel insurance, okay? Please. I'm telling you it's worth it. When there's that little pop-up, when you go on a trip and it says pay 50 bucks for travel insurance for your trip, literally, please do it. So I didn't have travel insurance and they put me up at a private ward in London. I'm not from there. So I was going to have to pay money for the time I spent uh, in that room. And the reason they put me in that room was because the emergency area was completely full that night. It was New Year's Eve and I also had to be isolated. They didn't know what I had and so they didn't know how contagious it was. I wasn't allowed to shower. I wasn't allowed to leave the room. Every time that someone came in the room, they had to completely gown up with masks, goggles, like a whole fucking suit and gloves and all of that. And they would come in and then leave just as quickly because no one wanted to be in there for too long. It was very scary. And at one point, I wasn't sure if I would be able to keep fighting the virus or whatever it was because I was so weak. I hadn't eaten in over a week. I hadn't drank anything in over a week. All I'd gotten was the like one bag of saline through an IV from the hospital when I went and it was taking literally all of my energy just to stay like conscious and move my body in any way. Um, and my mom ended up flying out to London because I couldn't speak and I couldn't advocate for myself at the hospital. I couldn't ask them what tests they were doing or how much the tests were going to cost because I had to pay for all of it. And so she came down and the reason that my mom had to fly down was because of this. Motherfucking sorority girl invited her friends to stay with us in our Airbnb, which by the way, I paid $600 for personally and then sorority girl also play, paid just over. $600. And um, she invited her friends to not only stay with us during New Year's Eve, as I was told, but the entire time we were at that Airbnb for free. Listen, I'm usually pretty generous, but a bitch, you better tell me first. Like, don't make it seem like it's one night and then all of a sudden they're just there the whole time. That's shady as fuck. And I was so sick. Sorority girl was going with her other friends and exploring London. My mom was actually messaging her on different platforms. I think she used like six different ways to try to contact her throughout the day. And I know that she had Wi-Fi throughout the day because she was posting stories on her Instagram. And she didn't respond to any of them. And what the message said was that my mom was worried about me and her physician friend had told her that I should go to the hospital and can she help me get there. No response from any of it. My mom called me an Uber from fucking Canada to the UK. Um, the hospital was a five minute drive away, 10 minute walk. And do you think that sorority girl wanted to help me? No, a bitch did not want to help. If I would have learned from the other times that she 
to complete victimhood in every other situation. I probably could have predicted this, but it really fucking threw me off. I ended up going to the hospital. She didn't help me get there. She actually also responded to my mom's message and was extremely disrespectful and told her she was going to block her because she was out of line for contacting her and asking where she was when I had gone to the emergency room. I didn't know any of that till my mom got there. So from the time I went to the hospital until my mom got there, the messages that I didn't respond to from her were simply because I was literally fighting for my life in the hospital. It was used against me. A very typical narcissistic tendency I don't say this lightly, is to take something that is about you and then to twist it and make it about themselves being a victim. In fact, it goes just as far to take things that aren't even related to being your issue or possibly your fault and making it your fault so that you become the bad guy. And so after I hadn't responded to these messages, I then found out what sorority girl said to my mom. I didn't know what to say to her, so I didn't respond to any of the messages. I didn't message her. I just decided to focus on getting better, and I was still very sick, so fair enough, I feel. But I ended up receiving some long ranting messages, and that's what they were, was collecting pieces of a story and making it into a different story. And I talked talked about it with my brother later because basically what happened was that adults were confronting her about being a shit person. I don't know how else to say it. They confronted her about being a shit person and she wanted to blame me. In fact, to the point where she thought, I guess, that little old 20-something me can tell a 50-year-old what to say and they're gonna repeat it and they're gonna do it and they're not gonna question it and I'm their fucking puppet master. Are like, yes, bitch. I tell my mom and my family friend who is an adult what to say, and they do it. Wow, so powerful. No, um, <laughs> that's not a thing. I don't think that anyone can do that, but maybe, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, so after all of the passive aggressive and really, really hurtful messages that I received, I asked if she was serious because I didn't know if she knew she was being dramatic. And she said yes and sent another long message. And so I simply didn't respond. And it was the hardest fucking thing to do. It was hard to not respond because I'm not usually the type of person that doesn't fight for a relationship or a connection with someone, friendship or otherwise, that I cherish and I value. But unfortunately, recognizing the patterns of narcissistic tendencies, again, I don't say that lightly, when you encounter someone with that personality type, even psychologists say the only thing that you can do is run. That's their suggestion. Because not even a psychologist can help a narcissist work through that. They still don't know how. So the worst thing you can do is give them any energy to feed into um, the situation. So I didn't respond. My mom and my family friend that lived in London got my bags for me. She was again disrespectful. She even messaged my family friend after being called out and was disrespectful to her. And in regards to all this, I'm still sick. I left the hospital after five days. After five days of wearing adult diapers. <laughs> Literally. And I was recovering and I realized I couldn't go on the rest of the trip with her. How do you go on a trip with someone that you can't trust 
to help you get through a situation that is life-threatening or that's going to take you into consideration when you're so ill because I know I wouldn't have been able to do the original plan of the trip. When I plan a trip, I motherfucking plan that bitch so that everything is squished into every single day. I want to see it all and it just wasn't possible. So I ended up messaging her and saying that I was not going to be going on the rest of the trip with her and I would please like my money back from my portion of the trip and receipts for insurance purposes. Not only did I not get any portion of my money back or receipts, I didn't get a response. In fact, I got blocked on everything. Blocked. She blocked me on everything. And that's when I realized, in the words of my mom, with the response she got from Sorority Girl, useless, useless, get out of my life. You know what I mean? I don't have time for that shit, so I just kind of had to move on. But she did that, and then took her sister on the trip on my dime, still didn't give me any receipts, still didn't give me any portion of my money back, and it was embarrassing. I went on a trip that I didn't expect to go on. It was good, but it wasn't what I wanted, and there were lots of things that I missed, and it was a really traumatic experience. And that being said, I cannot imagine what it feels like right now for people to still be going through such intense illnesses with this global pandemic. Being in a situation where I experienced feeling so helpless over my own life, it really, really gave me a wake-up call to what else was going on in the world and how intensely people experience situations like that it's hard to dissociate and separate yourself from the other parts of the world where things like that go on or the hospitals where people are so so sick when you've been through something where you know how it feels because you can empathize so that's the story that's what happened that's my new year's eve from hell i did end up going to iceland with my brother and i did london with my mom and i went to Amsterdam and Belgium and I took things at my own pace. It took me two months to get my respiratory back to the way it was before. And now, after this year's done, I'm so fucking glad that it happened. I'm not, because I wish I didn't go through it, bitch, you know. But um, I'm so glad because it changed my life. Not only with the friendship and the way I treated myself and my boundaries, but it changed my life in my other relationships. I realized I'd been isolated from all my other friends and my family, and the only person I had hung out with was Sorority Girl or her friends, and it was made to feel like they were also my friends. But when you go into a friendship and you become friends with someone else's friend, if some reason the friendship breaks up, like, you know those friends are theirs. They're not going to stick around unless they're somehow the most neutral person in the world. And I just want to say that must have been pretty hard for you, Mew, to watch me be best friends in a different city than you with someone who was very toxic. Yeah. As my soul sister and oldest best friend, what was it like? When you were clued in or I told you about the details of the situation and my friendship with Sorority Girl coming to a screaming fucking halt. I was like, "Mm." 
I was happy that she had finally showed you, like, her true colors, I guess. I'm gonna be honest, I always had, like, a sneaking suspicion. I was like, I don't get why everybody, like, falls over this bitch so hard, but then I just thought it was my own jealous ass, so I kind of just ignored it. But, uh, right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that it didn't go on longer than it had to, but it sucks that it ended the way it did. I wish you hadn't yeah. had to go through that kind of shit. That was fucking stupid. But... <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you realized your own self-worth through that and know that friends that treat you like that aren't friends. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm really grateful to have you as a friend. And I feel like we have a friendship where it is healthier, first of all. Um, but yeah, also, yes. I feel like we're not really a afraid neither of us to say like how we're feeling even if it's vulnerable mm -hmm. yeah. i think that makes a difference in a friendship absolutely like we know that the other one, one is there for can. them yeah and if one person can't like reciprocate and being vulnerable with their friend and, and having that relationship then it usually ends in separation because expectations are different absolutely absolutely so speaking of it and i'm glad we have that too me too. Speaking of expectations, girl, 2020's been tough, but since we're on December 39th, what do you think that 2021 is going to be like? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna say this right now. My name's Bennett, and I'm not in it, and I don't want to make any <laughs> claims as to how the year's gonna go, because last year I was like, bitch, this is gonna be my year, and I was so wrong, and so <laughs> I would rather just be like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm gonna do what I can to make it as, you know, roll with the punches and have it be as good as I can possibly make it, but know that that shit is not in my hands, you know? Yeah, girl, <laughs> I, don't want to jinx I, I feel it. that. I mean, like, this past year, we had fucking killer hornets in Canada. We, like, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> And people are talking about it as though it's fucking Jumanji. Like, who called the fire hornets for July? Like, <laughs> seriously, like, you know, what the fuck? There is a global pandemic rampaging racism and job and career complications. And we're all dealing with individual lives. Yep. So, from my heart, I really, 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 really hope that is peaceful as fuck. And this is how I think that we can all say, fuck you 2020 and fuck 2020 back. First of yeah. all, be you. Second of all, work on your version of happiness. Respect your own boundaries and yourself. Throw salt in the eyes of 2020. Cut out every toxic situationship in your life. You know the ones I'm talking about. It's that guy that doesn't text you back when you want him to. It's your friend who bails on you every single time. Cut that shit out. We are unfuckwithable at this point. We're deviants. Yeah. We're unfuckwithable. And we're strong because we own ourselves. And we are strong because we walk into a room as our whole most authentic self. And we don't take no shit unless it means we're gonna get some endorphins from pain. <laughs> Damn right. Don't take no shit, but still be a brat. Exactly. <laughs> My masochistic moment of this week. I have two of them. And one of them was forcing my boyfriend and daddy to promise me that he will never, ever, ever take away my cat. Ever. At one point, he told me that he would take my cat. Um, he would 
would take my cat and leave. And I said to him, Excuse me. No, you won't. <laughs> um, it took some convincing and a lot of continuously repeating over and over. Promise me you'll never take him away no matter what. But I finally got him to promise and it ended our conversation with both of us being grumpy. But also I was happy because I wasn't going to ever lose my cat. And I just have to say, you can only ever joke about that in one instance and it's the instance where you say that you love their animal more that's it that's the only way you can joke about taking someone's pet is i'm gonna take him and be their new parent because i love them more look how much i love your pet but you're not actually serious you know absolutely there's that and my other masochistic moments is the fact that i accept way too many work shifts i literally accept every work shift that comes my way i am now now about to enter into another week and a half straight of working. Oh jeez. I don't know why I do this to myself. <laughs> but I do. That's my masochistic moment of the week, bitch. What's yours? <laughs> Fuck, I do this every day, almost. Shit, when I, especially when I gotta work the next day. Mine is gonna be that I tell myself I'm gonna go to bed at a reasonable time tonight. <laughs> I'm going to bed, and I'm going to get well rested, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to put on makeup, I'm going to look fly as fuck for work, and get myself a coffee and my bagel, and have a good time. And then, lo and behold, it's 3am, and I'm watching fucking YouTube, and I'm like, oop, my bad. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I wake up five minutes before I have to be at work, and I'm texting my boss saying, Oh, hey, um, I, oh, I'm hitting all the red lights, I'll be there soon, <laughs> and I'm just leaving. <laughs> I'm hitting all the red lights. I hit every single one, it's not really my fault. I hit every single one, I don't know what to tell you, it's just like, the world hates me today. Like, it's <laughs> definitely not that I just rolled out of bed literally five minutes ago. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Absolutely not. Couldn't possibly be. <laughs> I love that. I do the same thing. It's horrible. I'm like, oh god, that's my toxic trait. Like, <laughs> not going to bed on time. It's so easy to stay no. up. It is. And it's so stupid because, like, I'll literally be at work all day and be so tired and, like, falling asleep in the break room at lunch. And then I get home and I'm like, I'm so tired and I eat my food and I'm just laying and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed because I'm tired. I literally lay in bed and it's like who wants to do things okay it's time to fucking party yeah exactly that's exactly it it's horrible i don't know why <laughs> oh, i love that do you yeah, have... that's my masochistic that's your masochistic moment of the week congratulations yeah. you're now crowned a masochist <laughs> Glorious. I'm ready. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me? I have a few, actually. Ooh. Yes. Okay, here's one. Here's one. Okay. Where do you buy your gear from? Like, Where? your like BDSM gear. Okay, 
So, all the gear that I have, I've bought from a sex expo because there's a sex expo that comes around. It's like a kinky expo and it's a bunch of companies and they all like have booths in a big auditorium and I have bought my stuff from things like that because it's physical. You can see what the product is like and you can compare it to other companies literally physically right there. So that's what I like to do, but I also know that you can get some good sex toys on Adam and Eve. Really recommend that. Also, Latex, there's a store online. It's an international store, and it's kind of expensive, but it's really good quality, and it's called Libidex, and it's latex gear, so like outfits and masks and all that kind of stuff. And then there is another one. It's called, I think, The Littlest Gift Shop. Okay. And it is all like DGLG themed things and submissive themed things. You can buy collars on there. You can buy like outfits and underwear. There's all sorts of things. That's kind of, that's it. That's where I get my mosh stuff from. All right. All right. I like that. That's good. That hits a lot of different kinks. So that's always a good time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh yeah. Okay. As we know aftercare is the most important yes and everybody experiences it differently everybody has different aftercare routines because everybody has different needs yeah what's uh what's your aftercare routine usually i take a shower with my partner or i cuddle with them and sometimes if i'm feeling really tired out i will eat like a bit of chocolate or something and most of it kind of just is me and my partner like slowing down from the session and like laying together you know yeah do you have an aftercare routine not really sometimes i literally just get up and i i get up go pee and then i'm like all right gotta eat some food now like sometimes (laughs) i'm like i just don't i just want to like be on my own afterwards and then sometimes i like uh totally just like laying down and cuddling and like tickles you know like not like ooh, i'm gonna get you but like really light you know like, like finger stuff. on the back sort of thing yeah oh yeah yeah i really That's like that nice. sometimes too nice. and just knowing that like being like it's okay like you're not actually a whore like i still love you like you're a good girl you know <laughs> yeah like affirmative words are nice to hear i don't actually want to slap you all the time i don't exactly. actually hate you you're not exactly. a whore yeah um, like, I, I'm feeling you on that one. Yeah, you yeah, that's always, that's always good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I had one more. Okay. Oh, and this one's always, this one's always interesting. Have you ever been to a dungeon or like a BDSM party? I have. I've Ooh. been to like a public party in a venue they rent out the venue and then there's like a dress code for it depending on the theme and the one i went to was on halloween so i was dressed up as harley quinn which you know she's kind of kinky so automatically i get it and absolutely <laughs> that is mostly like outfits for dudes like for men yeah yeah you know because it gets pretty specific it's like you can't wear this or this or this and you it's like leather themed or some shit or it like has to be kink gear but there's not actually a lot of kink like wear out there for men yeah 
especially if you have to like go from like your car onto the public street and up to the door you know exactly. so it's like so it's like how do you wear these things out in public like a like a, a woman or like a female presenting more feminine person can do like the what are those called Harness? things that they cross the, yeah things like that yeah and like leather pants yeah. and sort of stuff like that but like if a masculine person was to just be shirtless with a harness on no <laughs> like, like it's, and not no just, but like no into public there's no options like there's no yeah. options I wish there, there was more options for men for that. I but vote that someone out there. What? <laughs> I was going to say, I vote that someone out there. I vote that someone out there starts a streetwear, like, fetish-type outfit brand for men Ooh. that they can, you know, that it's sneaky and, but still looks good and you can wear it out and it would be a good time. I love someone that. needs to capitalize on that. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone needs to do that. If you're out there, please. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, word, yeah. But inside, there was, like, cages that you could dance in, and then they had a separate area that you could, like, sit down and be more intimate, and people were, like, I don't know, people up there had, like, paddles and stuff, and there was one demonstration at the start of it, but I missed that, and then there were a bunch of dungeon masters that were there as security. They're basically just overlooking everything and making sure that everyone's safe. So that's what the public one was kind of like. The private one that I went to, I actually I don't know if I would even recommend this, at least where I am. There is probably other places across the world that have much better private play parties, but I find a lot of them are just like, it's going to be four people, and a lot of them are like older dudes. There's not a lot of women that go to them, and a lot of them are like people who have far-fetched fetishes that don't feel comfortable to like express it in a public party but in this specific one that I went to there were little like rooms in the basement that they had transformed into dungeon rooms and when you went in they had us all sign a consent form to be there and like a, a form saying that you're not going to sue them for holding the party and all of this and there was a protocol because there wasn't very many of us there there was only six of us there this is what I'm saying like the private yeah. parties are usually not like what you would picture a house party to be it's not really like it is in movies or anything it's usually mm -hmm. smaller but there is some parties that are put on and you can find them when they're put on on Fet life a lot of the time that are mansion parties and they're put on by people who like they sell tickets to the event so that's how they can afford to do it and they have big kink parties in like literal mansions and there's dungeon rooms and all that kind of stuff that you can go to but they only happen a couple times a year so people i think usually save up to do that if they're gonna be going to a private party at least where i am yeah that's kind of what that's i've super noticed cool. but that's what they're like in the place that i am cool well that's good to know <laughs> that's all the questions i have for you <laughs> Okay. Is there anything that you wish that I asked you? No. No, I don't think so. Because this is all the questions I've prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do have one more question for you. Okay. What do you consider yourself as, as far as role or whatever in media set? Like, what are your fetishes or uh, if you had to put a label to the type? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a brat. 100%. That's like... <laughs> my Love biggest that. one because I want to be told what to do but then I want to tell you no <laughs> 
absolutely not. And I like punishments, okay? And that, I think that's probably, like, the majority of it. I haven't dabbled in a whole lot of other things. I'd, I'd like to, you know, branch out a little bit more and try new things and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm also so tired all the time, so... <laughs> It's definitely tiring to explore. I'm definitely a brat as well. Can relate. Yes. What about the dynamic of saying no to being told what to do? Like, ideally, what would happen afterwards for you? Ideally, I'd get punished. I mean, but not like a bad punishment. Like, no phone for two hours or a day or kneeling in a corner on the hard floor. Like, nothing like that. (laughs) Because those aren't punishments. Ideally, I'd get, like, spanked and then obviously fucked. But, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> I agree, that would be the ideal <laughs> scenario. And then, yeah. and then by so night after. <laughs> the ideal scenario is you get spanked and fucked after you say, No, I'm not doing what you yeah. want me to do. Yeah. And then you get food delivered to you. Absolutely, 100%. That's probably <laughs> never how it's going to go, but that's the ideal scenario. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I love that. I love it for you. I love it for me hearing it. It's yes. brilliant. I've never thought about asking for food. Yeah, I'd be like, can we get I'm food I'm going to do it. Like... <laughs> you should. You absolutely should try it. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. <laughs> I will try and then report back. Okay, yes. (laughs) So, I did have a couple questions. The first question that I got is, is it ever okay to get a hooker? Yeah. Is that your response? Just yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Just yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sex work is work, honey. And as long as you're, like, not, like, as long as you're, like, paying for, you know, your you're paying the person, the sex worker, and you're, you know, following their rules and their guidelines and their boundaries, then, yeah, of course it's okay. It's not, like, it shouldn't be, like, such a taboo thing. Like, I mean, man, you probably watch porn, and you probably, you know, look at, you know, lingerie models and things like that on the internet. Like, why is that any different? Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. What do you think about the term hooker? I don't, I can't speak on, like, terms because I'm not a sex worker. But I I know that that's, like, sex worker is, like, a more all-encompassing term, and it is a more, as far as I know, it's a more politically correct term now. I don't know if they still use hooker, or, like, I mean, if a a sex worker wanted to call themselves that, then who am I to tell them no? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think the same as you, and I think that hooker i don't really even know the origins of but i'd like to know i'm gonna look it up right now okay Uh, hey siri Mm -hmm. what is the origin of the word hooker okay i found this on the web for what is the origin of the word hooker check it out all right let's check it out the origin apparently it says it looks wait because they hook you in. The word hooker means prostitute, um, but it's older than the Civil War. Um, Norman Ellsworth Eliasson. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I just butchered the fuck out of it. <laughs> Traced his use of hooker back to 1845 North Carolina. He reported the usage Tar Heel Talk and historical study of English language in North Carolina published in the 1900s 
and the history of hooker is pretty murky, and we don't know when or where it was first used or why. Interesting. So, we don't know. Uh, it means one who hooks. Uh, so, I, I think that that probably is it. It's like they, they hook a client and they snare a client. It's like the idea of, again, like, women are witches. Like, you're a yeah. victim and the prostitute has, like, seduced you into hiring them. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so... I mean, yes, but also let's stick to um, sex worker after learning yeah, that. Yeah. I also have another question. Okay. And it's this. Can I get sick from licking assholes? Asshole. <laughs> yes. Asshole. like apple. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. The short answer is yes. The long answer is, if you're licking a really dirty asshole, yes, you can get sick. You can also get an STD or an STI if they've got one down there because it's the same skin tissue area. Mm-hmm. However, most people who like their assholes licked are clean individuals because they expect that the butthole... The booty hole is going to get some attention, and they don't necessarily want to smell their own shit when it's happening. So they usually clean themselves, if you feel what I mean. Exactly. (laughs) Another question is, what is the best fruit or vegetable to have sex with for both a penis and a vagina? Oh my god, that just brought me straight back to that grapefruiting video. Do you remember that? Yo, that is exactly You remember how to grapefruit your man? (laughs) Oh my god. If if no one's seen that, that's listening, please go look up. What is it called? I don't know. I think it was called how to, yeah, how to grapefruit your man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. I love that video so much. The demonstration, very educational. The noises, very realistic. Yeah. So, I'm going to say, based on how well that video did, that the grapefruit is the item to have sex with if you have a penis. Yeah. Just make sure you don't have any, like, small cuts or anything like that, because then it's going to burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, make sure there's no rashes or any dry skin or anything. Maybe you can put a condom on first, actually. That's probably a good idea. That's probably a really good idea. Yeah. Re- would recommend wearing a condom to fuck a grapefruit. Or pretty much vagina. any vegetable. Or fruit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. A vagina. What is the best fruit or vegetable to stick up the hoo-ha? I can't say I've ever stuck anything food-wise up my hoo-hahs, so I will kindly bow out of this question. <laughs> I, too, have never stuck anything that was a vegetable or a fruit up my hoo-ha, but I will say that it's probably going to be something shaped like a dick. For example, a garden vegetable, zucchini, cucumber, eggplant if you like to get fisted. Okay, there's a lot of options. A carrot, if it's big enough, you can get the Japanese carrots that are huge motherfuckers. That's going to be the same shape as a dick. Basically find the thing that looks closest to a dick shape and use that. Yep. 
And again, Agreed. put a condom on because there might be ick. <laughs> yeah, there could be like pesticides. There could be bug stuff on there. Exactly. There could you be are. bugs. Oh my god. <gasps> Horrible. The worst. I never want to experience having a bug on a freaking vegetable going in my vagina. No. Neither. Never. Never. Not once. Never. Zero <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> We also have an inquirer wondering, do I need a partner for BDSM? That's a no. solid question. The answer is no. And this is why. You don't need a partner for BDSM because of multiple reasons. One, BDSM does not always involve sex. BDSM can be non-sexual in almost every aspect. And with that being said, you can therefore engage in BDSM over the internet you can even sexually do BDSM over the internet. You can also do things for yourself. You can set your own rules. And then, if you don't do the thing that the rule was, you can tell someone in your life, I didn't do the thing, and then they can decide, like, oh, was that good or bad? Also, for BDSM, without a partner, you can do sensory things, like wearing different kinds of fabric outfits, like the leather outfits, or a latex outfit, or anything like that. You can take photos of yourself while wearing lingerie. That's also included in BDSM. I think that a lot of people don't realize that BDSM truly, really, really is a spectrum. There's so much under the umbrella. It is just four letters, but I swear to God, it would take me years to go through every single aspect of BDSM. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Um, in certain instances, yeah. I think I think a huge part of BDSM, though, is the power exchange and the aspect sure. of power exchange. Again, be it sexual or not, because, you know, we ain't... Not everyone out there is a little sexual kinkster, and that's okay. Yeah. But a huge part... Uh, the biggest part of it is, is, the, is the power exchange, and I think in that aspect, obviously, yeah, you need to have a partner to, to, to exchange the power with. I mean, that's just... <laughs> Yeah. That's just how that works. Yeah. You can't do it with yourself. But I mean, like Absolutely. you said, like there's always always acts of BDSM and in things that you can do, little endeavors that you can do all by yourself. Which if you're creative right. enough, you can even spank yourself. So <laughs> Yeah, true, true. Yeah. You can even take yourself on BDSM dates. Exactly. Yeah. It's all up to you. It's all up to you to decide what you want to do and how you want your dynamic to be. I agree. Okay, this is the last question, and it is this. Who do you want to fuck right now? Well, 2020, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 is who I want to fuck. And very soon, I'm going to want to say fuck you to 2021. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Come on. But the person that I would like to fuck... <laughs> He's my daddy, of course. Where can listeners support you? Me? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch! Bitch, you thought! You thought we were gonna tell you who we were! <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely Bitch, not. This is an anonymous podcast. That's it. That is all we have got. That is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for coming on and answering my questions and discussing things with me and your opinion and your thoughts. It was really, really lovely to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And I hope we do it again sometime. Yeah, we'll have to. Collaborate again. Absolutely.
I would love that so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening, deviants. Catch you next time.